Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, folks, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, um, to continue from the last week's, um, this week, we're going to discuss goalkeepers. Um, and in the second part of the show, um, we're going to have the views of our partners and what it's like living with a football fan at the moment. This you know, couldn't pandemic. <laughs> but to start off with, as we always do, how have you been over the last you know week or so, Danny? Not too bad, thank you, man. Not too bad. I've actually, as I said, I think I said it in the previous podcast. I feel weirdly busy considering I don't really leave the house all that much. I've had plenty going on, which is good. And uh, yeah, just been busy with different things, just doing a lot of fitness stuff, doing a lot of family stuff, trying to help my wife with the homeschooling and different stuff like that. And yeah, just just keeping busy, uh, trying to do as much as I can. And yeah. That's, that's about it. There's not really too much you can say outside of this. Outside of, there's only so much you can do in your own house. But I'm managing to keep alive and my kids are still alive, so I must be doing something right. <laughs> what about you? I say I've been trying to keep you know, do the fitness now. I've been hampered by a bit of an injury that you know about. Um, but I'm trying my best. Um, actually, after we record this podcast, believe it or not, we're actually on another video call and we will be doing our fitness session. So that's... That's going to be interesting depending on whether, you know, I can last it with, I've got an injury to my back and anyone's that back pain knows how hard that is. So actually even the most simplest things like picking a baby up or, you know, just some of the most simple things actually become really difficult at the moment. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, um, I've got my fully full health and I can't really complain, just kind of been playing the Xbox a bit more than I should have. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, you know, um, not really, just trying to, you know, plan for this part and look. Look, look forward to the the better days that are to come, you know. Um, that's it, really, Danny. But um, as I say, this pod's actually become the highlight of my week now. It really, really is because it's just a you know a moment to reflect on the good old days. Uh, oh you know? yeah. <laughs> so uh, in reflection, um, this week, um, as we mentioned on previous pods, um, we've discussed things like centre backs. We've discussed things like full backs. 
we've discussed midfielders and strikers, but this week we've got goalkeepers. Okay, so me and Danny are going to discuss our top five goalkeepers. Um, and as I say, the same rules apply. They have to currently be in the Premier League. Um, it doesn't matter if they're necessarily first choice goalkeeper at the moment, but they have to be in the Premier League. Now, obviously, long longevity helps with you know picking the top five in some ways, doesn't it, Danny? Oh yeah, it definitely does. So um, yeah, what I'll do is I've got my top five, and it was hard. Um, but what I'll do to start off is I'll just ask you your five, and if we go from five up to one, like we always do, Danny, and then we'll discuss it, and then we'll I'll give you mine and so forth. You know, sweet, sounds good. I said I really struggled with this this week. I'll be honest with you. I think. I put up a bit too much confidence last week. I went into this and I was like, oh, there's all these different options, there's all these hidden options, as if I had a clue what I was talking about. And then it actually got to sitting down and trying to think about the goalkeepers, and I really struggled with it, I'll be honest. So there's probably going to be a few selections in here that people will be going, no, no, in comparison, you haven't got a clue what you're talking about. So, but we'll see. Can I ask you a question? Did you just Google uh, Premier League goalkeepers at a left foot and then they're obviously going <laughs> to make the top five that we did? I really should have Googled that. Not many Premier League goalkeepers have got a left foot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. But yeah, so number five. But yeah, so I put going, I, I think it was a little bit, I'll be honest, a mixture of this week I think is going on ability, but also based on who I like as a goalkeeper, who I like watching, who's got a bit of flair, different things like that. So it gives you an idea of the fact that probably most of my goalkeepers are all first choice. Um, but number five, I have gone for David De Gea. David De Gea, I think it speaks for itself. David De Gea at one point was the best keeper on the planet. Everybody wanted him. There was these constant battles going on between United and Real Madrid for them trying to keep him. Um, David De Gea is a top goalkeeper. He's made a few mistakes this season, but obviously, as we know, United are in a bit of a transition season this season, so so he's getting a lot more shots put at him. So he, so it seems like he's making more mistakes, but he's also getting more shots put at him game by game. Um, but for me, he's still he's still top level, so so he's got to come in there. But for me, he's coming in at number five. Well, of course, he's a Premier League champion. He does he does he does make my top five. Um, being a man corner, but also don't forget, you know, to be Spanish number one, that's some achievement. Yeah, you know, so fair enough. I, I'll give that one. He, he likes to save his legs a lot, doesn't he? So he reminds me a lot of like a five <laughs> a side, side goalkeeper. You know, kind of you save it your legs rather than your hands. That's every time I see Dyer, he's always saving his legs. Yeah, he's got really good reactions low down. So yeah, it is like that. He is like a five a side goalkeeper. Um, except for the fact that obviously if you put it high, he's got a really good stretch on him as well. So, so he's he's good. Yeah. He's a good keeper. So so I've got him in there number five. Um, Fair enough. Premier League, Premier League winner again. I think most of my list are Premier League winners, but number four, I have gone for Casper Schmeichel. Casper Schmeichel, you think yeah. of the team that Leicester have got. You think of the style of play that they have. Um, obviously, they won the Premier League a few seasons back. They're challenging up there in second place at the minute, and a big part of that has got to come down to Casper Schmeichel. Casper Schmeichel plays 100%, really, yeah. really. Good solid goalkeeper. And he, he doesn't. He's very rare in terms of making mistakes. He's very solid at the back. He leads the team really well. Um, so for me, he deserves to be in there. He's he's put that team on the next level. You think that if Casper Michael wasn't in goal and they had a different goalkeeper, and it's it's no respect to some of the other disrespect to some of the other keepers. You like see your Ben Fosters and people like that. But if they had someone of a lesser standard than Casper Michael in goal, I don't think they'd be doing as well as they had at the minute. So, so for me, he comes in at number four. He, he's in my top five as well, believe it or not. So these, these top <laughs> five will be similar so far. So um, no, I can't argue with Cassius Michael as a Premier League winner. Um, 
he's he's one of these keepers that you know he'll do eight really good saves rather than one world class save in my opinion he's one of these keepers that's just as very consistent isn't he yeah and that's what you want out of a keeper isn't it is that you've got all the worldies and don't get me wrong like the likes of the Peter Cech and, and boys like that were like next level when they were playing but Peter Cech was pulling out absolute worldy saves yeah whereas you say Casper Schmeichel is pulling out consistent performances we've spoke about it I know obviously you love the likes of Jordan Henderson James Milner boys like that because they're consistent you know what you're getting out of them week by week and it's the same with Cash Michael you're never going there going oh is he going to cost them this like you know what you're getting out of them every single week I fair, can't argue fair enough so that's number four so number three yep so number three top three was quite hard to pick to be fair but I've gone for Edison at number three um, okay. Edison is obviously two-time Premier League winner he's, he's won numerous different cups he, he's, he elevated Man City like we know with Liverpool is that you need a good solid keeper at the back and when they bought Edison we've seen the whole saga going on with Pep and him going through goalkeepers like no one's business just throwing money out to try and find them because he knew how crucial that position was and for all the debate that we could have about how much he killed Joe's, Joe Hart's career off um, bringing in Edison was obviously a good move for the club and has put them on that pedestal and put them in that next well, level uh, category he actually brought in Bravo didn't he to start off with and it just didn't quite work out he did that's the thing is he went through he went through a whole saga of bringing in numerous goalkeepers before he landed on Edison oh he, he brought in before Bravo he brought in another goalkeeper he's now at Chelsea Caballero yes he, he caught him in and um yeah, but yeah, I get you. I get you. So yeah, fair enough. It, it, it's a style of play that City play. It's very continental and very, very much kind of. He's brought the Spanish influence over to to the Premier League. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I like Henderson. The only thing that's to be fair that's let him down from probably being second or even first is the fact that he he doesn't start in his own national team. I think which is a a big thing for a goalkeeper. You need a, a goalkeeper that's going to be top in their country, and he, and he doesn't do that. So obviously, there's got to be someone better than him. Yeah, well, <laughs> let let let's go to the top two because I've got a feeling this this fell on my feet in the top two. <laughs> <laughs> let's see, let's see. So number two, I have gone for Hugo Lloris. Yes, and I think Hugo Lloris has got to be up there. I know that Spurs, yes, they haven't won the Premier League, but Spurs, you think of their progression since Lloris came into the club. Champions League final he's a World Cup winner himself he's put them consistently up in the top four top five yeah. in the Premier League season after season so for me Lloris he, like anybody that can be in a team that wins the World Cup I think deserves to be up there in the top calibre of, of their position I don't think it's going to be a shock that he's in my top five too so yeah <laughs> nah, I mean he's for me for me he's actually underrated because he's at like a you know, small club like Spurs I think that's yeah. I think that's what you know but as I say, he's a World Cup winner, you know, so fit, I can't argue with that. And that's, the, yeah, that's the thing is that, yeah, he's won, like, good trophies. He's been up there, he's top level. Um, and yeah, as you said, and you don't want to say that because Spurs are a, are a good team and obviously just bought this new stadium and all the rest of it. But they, they haven't really challenged. We've seen the wheels fall off last season when they had the chance to be able to try and have a go at the Premier League. And that's the thing is that I think if Lloris was at, a bigger club if Lloris was at a, a, a Real Madrid or a Man City or a Barcelona you would be putting him up there and saying right he's he's one of the best on the planet 
It's just the fact that it's he's at Spurs and it's kind of letting him down a little bit. Um, but we'll see how much backlash we get from saying that. <laughs> I you, listen you, at the end of the day, he's at a small club like Spurs, so that, that, he deserves it. But he's a fantastic keeper, so that's that's the main thing, you know. So as you can imagine, this leaves me with my number one and my number one. <laughs> I, I think will be no surprise to be, anyone yeah. that I have put Allison up there. <laughs> so Allison is up there as my number one goalkeeper, as you can imagine. Top, top goalkeeper, won the Champions League, completely revolutionised Liverpool and the way that we play, bringing in him and Van Dijk. And people will say, like, oh, well, it's easy enough to be classed as a top goalkeeper when you have got Van Dijk in front of you. You're barely getting any shots put at you. But you think of it, that he's joined top for the most clean sheets this season. He missed the first eight games of the season and he's still joint top goal scorer we know that Liverpool have shots put in against them Alisson is a great shot stopper you think of some of the saves that he's made this season against different clubs um, just pulling it out of the bag and he's he's saved us I think and has, and has got us points on a good 6-7 games that I can think of this season I think um, I think the save that, that really res, re, resolutes with me and Alisson is that one against Napoli yeah in the, in the route to winning the Champions League that was like it was the last minute. It was one of them where, you know, here's a goalkeeper that stepped up to the moment. He's Brazilian number one. Yeah. With with the likes of Edison. You know, Edison who who's you know is his competitor as such. Um I don't know what more you can say about Alisson with that. He's just he's just calm, he's consistent. Um, and do you know what? He's good looking. So <laughs> that's gonna come to it somewhere, like you know. <laughs> but you think like the things that he's done, like he's won the Champions League, he won the Club World Cup. He was FIFA's best goalkeeper in 2019. He, he won the Golden Glove. He's done all of these different things. He's won numerous different trophies with his national team. As you said, his first choice keeper. And to be able to keep out Edison proves the calibre and the level that he's at consistently and why Liverpool paid so much money to bring him in. Um, so, yeah, I don't think anyone can really argue with, with him being number one in the list. Like. Well, yeah, also, it's not like he come from like a championship club and he's had to work on... So it was at Roma, which is a pretty big club anyway. Yeah. And, and and Italy's a hard league to be in. You know, it's a type of league where you might only make one or two saves in a game. And he come with a reputation. He, he's the the price tag that he come with. It's a bit like Van Dijk and the reputation that he come with. Um, another thing I have to say about Allison is that he made that mistake, didn't he? About maybe I think it was about eight or ten games in, where he held onto the ball a little bit too long. Um, was this the one where the where he was holding it too long with his feet and it got taken off him and he scored? Yes. So I think I, it was Jamie Vardy, wasn't it, for, against Leicester? Was it? Leicester. Right, OK, my mistake. But it just goes to show how good the goalkeeper is because he's not done it since. He, 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 he's realised that, that he shouldn't be doing that and he can't do that in Premier League. He's, he's not done it since. So you have to you know, give him credit. The, the money he's come with reputation, apart from that, that odd mistake, which is not really... You know, it's not been loads of mistakes. That one little mistake, it just goes. He hasn't made that mistake again. It just goes to show how good of a goalkeeper he actually is. And yeah, he definitely features in my top five anyway. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing is he's adapted his game fast, doesn't he? So yeah, exactly. So go on, tell us what your your top five is then. Right. So mine is, is it's similar apart from one goalkeeper. So okay. Um, I have to be honest. I have to give shout outs to the likes of Edison, who doesn't make make my top five. I I, I understand why you put him in your top five, but for me. A goalkeeper is about being a goalkeeper, um, and um, you'll understand with my top five. I have to give a shout out to like to Nick Pope, um, great player, and Dean Henderson been great this season. But number five for me, he just gets in there because he's still playing in the Premier League. He might be number two or even number three now. I don't even know, but he just gets in there for what he's achieved. That's Joe Hart. Um, his career has gone down the hill. 
um, has, but he's still in his, his early thirties. He can still come back. You look at keepers over in the Premier League, like your David Jameses, your Brad Friedels, your Edwin Van der Sars. They've all played up until the late thirties, early forties. So there's no reason why Joe can't can't come again. Um, and he he come into the English game and playing for England to a young age. You know what he's achieved so far. If he if if he ended his career today, what he's achieved is more than most goalkeepers will ever achieve. If that makes sense. So he might be 31, 32 now and being a number two at Burnley. But for what he's achieved at that age, if people achieve that in a whole career, they'll be unnecessary. He's still got maybe ten years ten years at the top level. So personally, I think he can come again and for what he's achieved he, he makes my he makes my top five. So number five, Joe Hart. I can see you wanting to make a comment there, Danny, go on. It's only because I, I feel sorry for him, and I think it's rare that you say that in professional football. You sort of think to yourself, "Ah, oh, well, the amount of money these boys are getting paid, they either play at top level or they go in the bin, and that's kind of it." But I, I feel sorry for Joe Hart. Like Joe Hart, Pep Guardiola came into that Man City squad and just decided out of nowhere to rip him out. He was playing good football at the time. Joe Hart, he was making good saves. He was an sort of integral part of that team, and Pep Guardiola just England decided, number one, yeah. And Pep Guardiola just decided, I don't like him, and just got rid of him. And there was so much pressure heaped on top of him that he had to try and prove himself at City, prove himself at international level. And then when he initially failed, and and Pep Guardiola, because I think Joe Hart, no matter what he'd have done in that situation, Pep Guardiola wouldn't have took him back as number one. So he had all this pressure, he failed, he had to go and try and make it internationally. And we know how hard it is, you think, as a just as a normal person to try and go to a different country where you don't know the language you don't know the culture necessarily and to try and go and fit in and feel relaxed and play good football it's it's going to be hard for a lot of people never never mind with the amount of media pressure that you're going to have on you and I, I think he just he crumbled under the pressure next minute he lost his England number one space he, he's out of his club doesn't know where he's going to be going and I think it wasn't self-inflicted I think his career has kind of been Killed off by other people, which which I don't think is necessarily fair. Well, he's gone from the the the, the, uh, the star act and the front line out of head of head and shoulders adverts <laughs> to number two. Apparently. I mean that head and shoulders he, advert on no favours. Lots of over downhill and head and shoulders advert number two. Apparently the life and story of Joe Hart. But there, there, you, there you go. But you know, for me, what he's achieved, he gets in there. Um, my now, this is I have to say. My number one, I'm just going to say the number one picks himself, Alisson, which we'll come back into. Yeah. But my kind of four up to two is so hard to pick. Um, they're the same as what you have. Now, I've put them in order just for the sake of, sake of paper, but I, I sound so hard to split them. Now, it is Hugo Lloris, um, David De Gea, and Casper Michael. Now, the order I've put in, I don't know if this is necessarily the order that I'll pick tomorrow or the next day, but I've put Lloris at four, um, just because he's not won the Premier League. Um, but I actually think in my head, if I had to pick a goalkeeper to have out those four, I, I think I probably would have Lloris. I don't know, but because he hasn't won the Premier League, he's number four. Uh, number three, I've put David, David De Gea. Again, um, it's a bit of a, a, a fall from Grayson because at one stage he was the best goalkeeper in the world. And it was kind of the only things that Man United fans sang about, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. oh, yes, we're six, but we've got the best goalkeeper in the world. It was like, well, if you didn't have him, boys, you know, to be getting get relegated, like. <laughs> so, at one stage, at one stage, he was amazing, and he, he still is. He's still young. He can come again. That's why the thing about a goalkeeper being a, a bit of a weird position is they have they have a chance to come again. There's nothing stopping they the hey having three or four more years at United and then going to Real Madrid. He still can, do you know. 
Um, my and then obviously num- number two I've put is Casper Michael. Um, I just like the style of, style of play. He just seems to be. Yes, he can pass it out. Yes, he can do a long throw. Yes, he can make these flamboyant saves. But I just think he's consistent. Um, and I just think that he's just a goalkeeper. You just as you you said it perfectly before. When you go into a game and you watch watching Leicester, you don't think he's going to let them down. Type of thing. You, does that make sense? You go into certain games with certain goalkeepers, and you think, oh well, he can let them down. You know the way De Gea is having this bad phase at the moment, and Joe Hart's having this bad phase, and even Loris actually had a bit of a bad phase. I don't ever remember everyone looking at Michael going, oh, he's having a bit of a bad phase, you know. So yeah, for me, I would go Hart five, Loris four, De Gea three. Smichael two and then Allison. I mean, let me just let me just carry on talking about Allison for a couple of seconds here. He is just the calmest player on the field. You feel like Allison would be a brilliant poker player because he's just. You wouldn't think he's fifty five. He plays the same whether it's it's Burnley in 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 a you know a dead a dead rubber game or Tottenham Hotspur in a Champions League final. Now we let me bring back that Champions League final that we won. We were the favourites. We also seen what happened the year before with uh, Loris Carries, who's coming back to the pub. That's another story. That don't make me sad. Um, but at the end of the day, he made three or four saves in that final against Tottenham that were just maybe six, six or seven out of ten saves. They weren't, they weren't world class. He, he pulls better saves off every week. But those three or four saves that he made that was you know six or seven out of ten were the type of saves that other goalkeepers might make a mistake. Or one of them might just slip under him, or he, he they didn't come out quite quick enough. For me, Alison Becker was one of the match in that final because he those saves he made were invaluable, you know. And there was a period of the game in the Champions League final where we were getting slaughtered, and Tottenham were just coming and coming and coming, and every single time someone had a shot, um, Alison just caught it and was like, he just made it look easy. And I think that's the, that's the key of a good goalkeeper. So for me. And I say, you have to say again, he's so good looking. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got a bit of a thing for Alison. <laughs> I have to say that. He's just like, you just look at him thinking, what? I want to look like him. You know what I mean? He's just so. <laughs> but yeah, um, he's just Mr. Karma. As I say, Adrian has been good when he, he's come in. But as much as Adrian come in and done good, we were, every single person was sitting there being like, well, you know, I can't wait till Alison Becker's back. You know, we, we did miss him in that little period. So. Um, Allison's number one. He's a, he's gonna be a Premier League winner. He's a Champions League winner. Um, I think he's won various cups at Roma anyway. And yeah, I think if he stays at the pool the next for the next five to ten years, I think he'd be considered as one of the all time Premier League greatest. So hopefully he does. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think as you said, whether you're watching TV or whether you're in the stadium, you when Allison Becker came into the team along with Van Dijk, you felt the mood of the team change. You think of even while Alisson was out and we had Adrian in. Yes, Adrian is a decent enough goalkeeper, but you think of that uh, FA Cup game where we got knocked out. The it, it just the the atmosphere felt very different. It felt very shaky. It felt very nervous. You felt like something could go wrong at the back if they popped a shot away. Where when Alisson's there, you never ever think that. They're taking shots away and you're thinking, we'll be alright, Allison's okay. You never think that he's got that mistake in him, as you said, apart from that game against Leicester at the beginning when he was getting used to the league, but he's adapted his game and he's he's solid. Like. Well, he makes the bread and butter stuff look easy and other goalkeepers make the bread and butter stuff look amazing. You no, know, he, he just, I don't think he's flashy, Allison just does what he has to do and um, 
does it very well and does it probably for me at the moment best goal best goalkeeper in the world that's just how I see it and I think FIFA agrees with you he's number one in the world on the FIFA rankings so so there you go right what I have to ask you now Danny is before we go into our next time discussion show as we do every week who would be your top goalkeeper in the Premier League era of all time um, if you had to pick one you know well that's really difficult there's been some really top class goalkeepers uh, obviously not not mentioning Loris Carius because he wasn't there long enough really but um, <laughs> apart from him you give me bad memories um, you give me bad flashbacks Danny <laughs> I, th- I think outside of that um, there's been some really top top goalkeepers in the Premier League era um, you think of David Seaman David Seaman was absolutely quality Um even I, I would put the likes of I know he never necessarily won anything, but but I would be putting the likes of Tim Howard up in that category as well. For me, he was a a great keeper in a, on his day in the Premier League, one that deserved a bit like where we talk about Larice, someone who deserved to probably be at a at a higher level, winning more trophies in the Premier League than what he did. Um, but for me, I think if I had to choose one who I think has been the best for me standout keeper, I've got to go with Peter Cech. Like I think Peter Cech was amazing at Chelsea he revolutionised that team I know that Roman Abramovich brought in just anyone and everyone with tons of money but Petr Cech was what started to define keepers as a pivotal role well if you remember at the at the time Carlo Cudicini was Chelsea's goalkeeper and he was probably one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League um, and yeah, said Cech come in and just you know he, he had probably 12 years at the top he come into Arsenal he, was, he, played, he won FA Cup at Arsenal as well for a good few years and he's a really clever man as well to be honest I've heard that on the grapevine he's really is he, is he director of football Chelsea or something now but he's really and obviously that incident with the um, your man at Hull Hunt was it Stephen Hunt or Noel Hunt or, and his, he had to wear the, the, the helmet for the rest of his career type of thing you know he got straight back in, didn't he? And that's the thing. Like that type of injury would have ended a lot of goalkeepers. And for Petacek to carry on playing and still playing at such a high level, I think is is testament to how good he was as a goalkeeper. The fact that he, similar to what we're saying about Allison, he made difficult stuff look easy. He read the game at a different level to a lot of goalkeepers. And as you said before, that goalkeepers were the type of players that they trained by themselves. You didn't you didn't really see them as like one of the outfield players but Petr Cech brought it into that category obviously along with a, a few other boys in different leagues but Petr Cech brought up the calibre of goalkeepers the, the goalkeepers became an integral part of the team that you could play out from the back and include your goalkeeper in that play as well well I can't argue but for me just through kind of the years of growing up and stuff um, I have to say David Seaman um, there was a save he pulled up off at 39 years of age in the FA Cup semi-final against Sheffield United. If anyone loves football, you've all seen the save. And he, the ball is almost in the net. And he comes and he puts his arm back. And he scoops, I'm sure you've seen it, and he scoops. And for that, for me, it's the greatest save. I remember watching that match live. And it was at the time, I was about maybe 12 or 13. I was just football mad. I was like, wow, has he just actually done that? Um, and it did help because he's old and he was an ex-England player and stuff. And... I think his, his, his reputation was tarnished because like Ronaldinho goal in the World Cup. But for me, David Seaman was just just a good old solid goalkeeper, and I say he's he's won everything. So for me, you, you could you can mention Peter Schmeichel, you can mention the likes of Shea Givens, Tim Howard, as I say. But or yet you do that obviously. <laughs> but for me, um, for me, Dave, David Seaman. Because I was going to say to you, being in Straban and having so many 
so so many family members who are Man United fans and all the rest of it. Do you think even just mentioning that David Seaman save, knowing that Peter Schmeichel made a very very similar one during his career, do you think that a lot of people are going to have a bit of an issue with you not putting Peter Schmeichel in there, but putting Kasper Schmeichel as second in your current top goal, goalkeeper list? Um, I don't know. I don't remember the save Peter Schmeichel. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Schmeichel, who is, is he not just Kasper Schmeichel's dad now? <laughs> Oh, Casper Michael's dad was he a pro was he ah <laughs> uh, you're going to get a backlash off this it is what it is it is what it is <laughs> well anyway um, thank you so much for discussing the goalkeeper's day that was actually really interesting and um, it's always good that we, we seem to agree on maybe some of it and there's always like an, an odd one along the way and it, it, it just goes to show you could have five different people and they'd all have five different top fives exactly it? yeah so uh, it's, it's, it's always interesting right the next part of our show guys which uh, Danny will be leading is very interesting me and Danny interviewed our partners okay now we have to bear in mind our, our partners aren't really football fans they, they're very supportive in our in our podcast and what we do um, I have to say that first and foremost um, but me and Danny in the next part of show do take a little bit of a baton so just to let you know we'll be interviewing our partners asking them what it's like living with two crazy football fans two crazy Liverpool fans in this current pandemic so thank you very much and keep listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road Right, so welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Right, so as Ammo said before the break, we had the chance to be able to interview our partners in order to be able to get a glimpse of what they think regarding the football. As you can imagine, me and Ammo are hardcore Liverpool fans. I can't wait for the football to start back. I'm checking Sky Sports on the daily at the minute just to see, uh, is it going to start back? When's it going to start back? Are they going to be in neutral venues? Is it going to be back in their own stadiums? Are they going to allow fans? Do they want to play in my back garden? just so we can actually get it done um, all these different things are going through our minds but it's not the same for everyone uh, and we both live in a house with partners who don't really like football all that much they're not really big into it I suppose by our standards um, so what we thought we'd do, we conduct a bit of an interview with them to see what they think about the lockdown and think about the football and think about it restarting just to be able to get their point of view uh, and to give you an idea of the type of situation that we are currently living in, how we're missing football and how we are also driving them mental. We want to kind of have our lap of honour, the Liverpool fans right now should be having their lap of honour um, winning this Premier League but we're having to wait again after we've been waiting for 30 years we're waiting on this pandemic it's just as a football fan I know it's, just, it's, 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 a, it's not an important thing on the big in the bigger picture football isn't the most important thing right now but as a Liverpool fan and I'm sure all football fans listeners appreciate it's hell knowing that we you know, have to wait a little bit longer to win this league but as I say I'm going to pass it on to Larissa say hello Larissa hello what's it like living with me and never shutting up about football because it's not on what's it like at the minute, now? Yeah. In this pandemic? In this pandemic. I feel like I'm in heaven. <laughs> right, okay, why? There's no football on the TV, there's no like conversations regarding football, there's no fights or arguments over the TV remote. Um, and I've got you all to myself. <laughs> so what you're trying to say, Liz, is that you just love me that much that whenever I'm away watching football you miss me? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't pay her to say that, by the way. Um, but yeah, so in general, um, obviously I'm missing the football a lot. I'm doing things like watching the football on my phone, 
watching previous matches, replays, stuff like that. And then, I've, I mean, I'll have to be honest, whenever you're talking to me sometimes, I'm watching a football and I'm just getting annoyed that you're talking to me like I was watching an actual match. And the match could be from, like, 2002. <laughs> what do you think of that? It's like years ago. Why would you want to watch football from, like, years ago? Oh, she's, she's not holding back in this interview, is <laughs> um, And so before this pandemic, Larissa, um, what was it like living with me as a huge Liverpool fan and a huge football fan? What is it like? I think the word hell would probably be a bit strong of a word to use, but it wasn't great, like, it really wasn't. Football this, football that, football, 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 really. And why is that? Why is that? What? Why is it hell? Well, why do you hate football so much? Is it could I go on about it so much? It's just kicking a ball around the field, and I think that there's a lot more things to life than the football, to be honest. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> she is definitely, definitely, definitely not holding back here. But I mean, would you agree that as a passion for someone to have football is not the worst thing in the world? Well, yeah, I suppose you could be doing a lot worse things, but to me, football's one of them. <laughs> really? Why? I just don't see the point in it. Like, what is the point? <laughs> this is, uh, oh, no, right, okay, fair enough. But what do you think of someone like myself and Danny, you know, um, I will include in this as well, people like me and Danny that are so passionate about football, do you kind of, do you be happy for our happiness or do you just pity us or do you think saddles? These are all just mad, yeah. These are all crazy. Just football. I don't know. I just don't think these are normal people. Really? <laughs> That's very interesting. People listening to this pod, please write in to us at Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road at gmail.com. That's one word. That's Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road at gmail.com to let me let us know what you think, what our partners are saying in this. Now, let me ask you another question, Larissa. Are you looking forward to going to a Liverpool match with me one, one day or not? Or Well, I suppose it's something that I've never done, but I'll probably be like wishing I was at something else if you do take me to one. So basically, what my partner's saying here, guys, to make you happy, but like peak joining in my sorrows at the same time. So what my partner's basically saying is, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck out all this money to go to Liverpool and all these Liverpool tickets, and the whole point of it is to entice Larissa to love football and love Liverpool Football (laughs) Club, and she'll just be hating every second of it. Have I got that right? Yeah. Well, guys, who do you think is in the right here? Do you think Larissa's right and there's more to football, or do you think? See football in the brain. <laughs> do you think there's more to life than football, um, or do you think there's nothing wrong with having a passion and there'd be a lot more worse things that we could be doing? I'm going to give one final question to Larissa, um, and <laughs> I kind of know the answer. I think everyone listening is going to know the answer. I'm not going to propose, are you? <laughs> <laughs> wow, she really does love me. Oh God. Um, anyway, so Larissa, so when Liverpool win this league. How do you expect I will react? Straight to Liverpool. See ya. Bags packed. <laughs> Is that all? Do you think I'll party or? Well, that's what I mean whenever I say go to Liverpool. Right, okay. Yeah. So Larissa thinks whenever Liverpool win this league, that'll be me away and I'll be partying. I'll celebrate with other Oh, to celebrate, we're all doing what Right, I'll leave it there then. So when Liverpool win this league, I'll be going to celebrate, we're all doing what Thank you. And thanks for being on, Larissa. I appreciate it. No worries. I am here with my wife, Faith. Say hello. Hello. Now, me and Faith have been married for nearly eight years, so Faith knows in depth how crazy I am about watching football and watching Liverpool and 
Uh, she has sat there for endless nights watching me scream at TVs and different things like that. Now, obviously, we haven't had any football for the last few months. So what's what's the difference been like in our house during that time? Peace. <laughs> <laughs> it's been peaceful. Um, also, not having you fallen asleep at snoring in front of the TV on Saturday night watching Match of the Day. <laughs> I do have a regular habit. I do have a regular habit of falling asleep during the match of the day. I will. I, I do stay up and watch the Liverpool highlights, and then I try and watch the rest. And normally somewhere around Brighton, it normally I take the knock. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, peaceful. Not having to sit and watch football. It's been nice. <laughs> surely, surely you can't fully mean that though, because like we've been married for eight years now, nearly, and like. You know, like we've we've watched numerous different football matches. Uh, I've tried to get you involved, tried to get you watching them. Uh, obviously, one of the big ones was that we were at a family wedding last year, uh, and we ducked out of the family wedding um, during the reception part to go and watch. What you did? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, you. you I were, was abandoned. You were polite and stayed. Um, <laughs> but we went across like with a lot of other members of my family and went to watch like Champions League final against Spurs and then the next day we watched them come home and stuff you you were there for the for the match you seen it happen you seen how emotion filled it was you seen everyone coming home on the bus again at the end uh, the next day and stuff like that like what was surely you had some form of emotion inside you that uh, Jordan that which part during the, the wedding or during the during the game watching the game because like those those are the types of games that stay with you forever those types of games remembering where you was when the pool beat uh, Spurs and won the Champions League final watching the team come home on the bus I still remember from 2005 when it happened so surely you were there watching it with those thousands of people lying in the roads during that amazing occasion surely you got excited about it yeah I was more concerned about the fact that our children were going to be abducted or something <laughs> 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 but you know, yeah it was okay <laughs> it was okay That that's what we get that's what we got here from from one of the greatest historic achievements of Liverpool win the sixth European Cup it was okay it, well it was, it was a load of fellas going past in a bus like, <laughs> I'm gonna, like they're just men let's be honest and, yeah it was okay. It wasn't like, yeah, yeah. I could tell everybody was excited. And it, yeah, I could see sense that there was a lot of emotion and everything. But um, I wouldn't pay money to actually go over and see it or nothing. Like, it was good because we were there, but I wouldn't pay money for it. <laughs> well, then, what about the fact that, like, I've always said, obviously, we've been married for a while. And apart from the fact that it's really hard to get tickets, I've said that at some point I'm going to take you to Anfield to watch a Liverpool game. Like, would you be excited at the prospect of going to Anfield, watching a Liverpool game? Would you sit and watch the 90 minutes of football and enjoy it and sing and all the rest of it? Well, you've, I've known you for 13 years and you've said, do you want to take me to a football match for 13 years? So I'll not hold my breath. <laughs> I told you, that's good tips. I'll leave it when I see it. <laughs> um, no, I'll not sing. You won't sing. You'll never walk alone like one of the most famous football anthems on the no. planet. You won't sing it with everybody else. No. 53,000 people singing You'll Never Walk Alone. You won't sing. No. <laughs> I'll probably watch. <laughs> you want to sing it? You go around places singing. Like, wouldn't you sing, Jordan, that? No, I'll probably be laughing, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the fact that, like, I, I sing it when I'm watching it on the TV? On my own, on the sofa, what do, what do you think when you see stuff like that? Because I wouldn't be the only one. People listening to this podcast will be in the same situation. They love the football, love Liverpool, sing when it's on the TV, join yeah, in. Would I laugh at you when you do that? <laughs> <laughs> but, but why? 
because because as humans that you're so excited to fight it. It's like as a, it's like a Luda man running around in shorts, kicking in football. That's what you do in the playground. <laughs> <laughs> what we do on the playground this is what it's been and they're really fortunate that they're getting paid millions for it <laughs> I think it's a, yeah I think there's other things they could, they could spend the money on to be honest <laughs> <laughs> but it brings joy to people this is the whole thing during lockdown is that people are saying like you want football back because it brings happiness it brings people's it'll bring people's mental health back it'll bring camaraderie all the rest of it so that's that's surely it's deserving of the amount of money that they get no I think all those doctors and nurses who are saving all those lives and putting themselves under risk and they're not getting a fraction of what they're getting so no. um, <laughs> I don't think they're, they're worth that money <laughs> don't try and bring out the sympathy cards <laughs> no. well I mean, the healthcare workers me <laughs> yeah, stuff like this that. podcast is not a chance for you to plug your job and get an extra money well. <laughs> well obviously like apart from you we have a, a daughter who's five years old and annabelle is like crazy into football she loves liverpool she loves watching the football she was loving it when Liverpool came home with the trophy and she was on my shoulders shouting and singing brainwashed. She, she has been brainwashed but she's been brainwashed in a good way you know what i mean she's been brainwashed to a good thing if you have something that is positive do you know is good for your children you're gonna enforce it in their lives in a certain extent but she but she loves it and obviously she's gonna be passionate towards it and all the rest of it and you see the way we are when when doing this and you see how excited she is even at the prospect of Liverpool winning the league this season are you not is there not some level from living with me is there not some level of excitement in you as the fact that Liverpool winning the league this season after so many years and and seeing the way it's gone I think it would be good if they won it because I don't think I could listen to you if they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. I know it would make you happy. And it would make our children happy. So, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it would. It would make me happy. And it would make <laughs> our children happy. And it would make your life a lot easier, I think. <laughs> not having to listen to it. Especially if the league ends up getting cancelled or whatever. Which hopefully it won't. Um, but yeah, last question I'm going to ask you then is... Do you think you will ever be persuaded to start following football, to start following Liverpool, to start like being avidly involved in it the way I am, the way Annabelle's starting to and different things like that? Or do you think it's just a waste of time? I don't think I'll ever be involved in it the way that you are. No, no, no I don't think you will be the way I am. But like, yeah. just in a general capacity, just as a, as a fan, do you think if I ever wasn't at home that you would stick on the football oh, and no. watch it? No, definitely not. I'll be interested in it when you're putting it on, but no, no, definitely not. I'll never put it on when you're not about. <laughs> and but do you not think that? Do you think that it's a waste of time in general? Football, like football. And, I think it's good uh, exercise, and I think it's good for people to get out and exercise and stuff. But I don't think I don't think it's worth the amount of pressure and money and uh, like the abs- like the complete obsession that it that there is with it I just don't understand that people are obsessed by it and and it's like their complete life and I think that's a bit sad (laughs) (laughs) I think there's more life than football (laughs) well there you go that's a very contrasting opinion (laughs) but there you go so that gives you a little bit of an insight into what our 
life is like. Fortunately, I am raising our children in the right way, which is good. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> but, a matter uh, of opinion. <laughs> but in terms of my wife, I think I might be a little bit lost, like many of you who are listening as well. <laughs> I I think it's safe to say I'm the that Larissa and Faith didn't really hold back too much on how they felt about football. Though. I remember like, we're very um, we're very thorough in what we do, and um, every single week we say to our guests, and I I, I I tend to speak to them before they come on. I say, listen, guys, we're not going to really, you know, we don't want to prompt anything. We just want a natural response. So I remember sitting to Larissa and went, listen, um, and she 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 wouldn't be out there as much as myself and, and yourself. And I remember saying to Larissa, Larissa, just say what you think. Just say what you feel. Don't worry. I don't want I don't want to prompt an answer or just say what you think. And boy did she. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because me, me me and me and Larissa listened to yours and face, you know, before we put on the show, and it was just funny that they hadn't spoke to each other and how similar they were. Now this is our thirteenth episode. And it is the number thirteen is unlucky for some, and I think this thirteen episode is definitely unlucky for me and you, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I, like I listened to both of those interviews back then, and was just thinking to myself, we're going to need some form of counselling once football gets up and running again, because like I really feel like our our drafts have got a bit of an issue with the fact that we watch football. I yeah, uh, I didn't expect it. I thought my I thought she'd say, well, you know. Um, I can't wait till it's back to get rid of you. But she's basically saying, "This is great. There's no football. We get we you know we get to spend more time with our partners." Which is, <laughs> I I couldn't believe that Larissa said that. I thought it's something opposite. But I think I think um, what's funny, I found for Faith done, and you can't really argue what Faith done. And Larissa would be the same because we know we'll, we'll give them a plug. You know, Faith's a pharmacist, and she worked up until high months of her pregnancy, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, just until lockdown. Although she'd still be working now. Yeah, and Larissa is a, is a nurse. Um, and a, a surgeon nurse in, in the Royal and Belfast. So both of our partners actually are frontline workers as such. Um, and and it, it's funny because whenever you have the football debate and anyone doesn't like football, it always comes down to money. And that the, and I, I found it so interesting that Faith brought this up. Because the way I look at it is if we have a passion and, and it, it certainly keeps us grounded and stops us from keeping us out of trouble, I don't see the problem with that. Um, but it's funny because people always bring money into it with footballers, but... I think if you really look at the money side of things, I think me and you can both forget the joke that people on the front line aren't getting as much as footballers. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like movie stars. Like, do movie stars deserve all that money? You know, and stuff like that. So, for me, when you look at football as a, as a whole, you can't really look at the money side of it because if you do, you just it's just it's a nil void argument. It is essentially fellas kicking the ball round, isn't it? <laughs> um. And that's it is though. I mean, you, you can't really argue. Say if that was the argument for everything to do with football, every football fan would be just knocked down to the to the to the bitter bones. It just wouldn't be an argument. But the way I see football for me, and I have to put this you know really really strongly across, it's something that I'm passionate about with yourself, and it's something that has created so many friendships in my life. Yeah. Um, it starts as podcast. Um, that's how me and you know each other. Danny, is through football, playing it, you know, watching it, supporting it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'd say maybe ninety percent. 90% of my friendships in life have come down to f- f- football and it, it isn't the worst thing in the world and as I say if you take the money out of it, it it's 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 a good thing to follow and um, it creates a lot of happiness and a lot of lives um, a lot of banter um, and yeah our, 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 our partners did not hold back I think the only thing I can say on this now is when my girlfriend Larissa ended up with if Liverpool win this league it would just be you one of the 
going to Liverpool and celebrating all the other <laughs> um, in your own little <laughs> world. And, and that's how she ended it. And what, what, how can you argue? That's the way she sees it. And um, I have to thank them for being so honest, you know. But <laughs> as I say, it's our thing, and I think there's worse things in the world um, than us enjoying a bit of football, you know. Exactly. What, 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 what do you think about the interviews and stuff? And no, I thought they were interesting, and I think it's good to have that honesty. It's good to have that grounded nature. I think sometimes you do get wrapped up in it. You do get wrapped up in football, and you do get wrapped up in the excitement of it. And it's all relative, as you said. If it comes down to money, and and me and Faith have discussed this loads of times, that if it just comes down to money, then yes, it's hard to put an argument up to say oh well they deserve that money because they don't no one deserves the amount of money that some of those footballers are making but it's all relative isn't it the amount of money we think of us as normal having normal jobs but the amount of money that we spend on like getting ourselves fit and healthy or buying things that we like or overspending on cars and different things like that you do stuff because you enjoy it you do stuff because it makes you happy it gives you good positive mental health and all these different things um and that and that's that's what football is. Yes, sometimes I spend crazy amounts of money on buying me and the kids football kits at the price that they cost, but paying money out for f- tickets for games and different things like that. But obviously, it's been a while, as as Faith was saying in the interview, seeing as I haven't took her to a football match in over ten years. Um, <laughs> but we yeah. we spend that type of money because we enjoy it. And as you said, there are worse things that you could be spending your money on. Um, so yeah, yeah, they're entitled to their opinion, but I also think it's a load of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to, I, I really, I really, really have to make this point as well. Is um, Larissa knew how much I loved football when, when I met her as well, um, and I never hid the fact <laughs> they knew what they were getting themselves into. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Um, you, you, you know, the way I look at it, and, and this just could be me an old fashioned way of looking at it, and I don't want to offend anyone. So please, please don't be offended when I say this. Um, when as as most fellas that I know, they grow up and they have they're either into cars or into football, and you you got a, a few oddballs that are into rugby, but that's another that's another <laughs> no. <laughs> another and another another question somewhere along the line. But I just find that my social circles are all through football, and um, for me, it's at uh, over in Ireland, the island of Ireland, Northern Ireland. A lot of people would say they crack. Um, and I say, I say a lot of the football bands and a lot of the crack as such that people would say over here is all related to um, to football. Yeah. And even even local football, playing football, watching football. And as I say, it's over here in Ireland, Northern Ireland. It's either really Liverpool or United, isn't it? Yeah. So it's that that banter that you know is made give us the interest to start this podcast type of thing. Um, is something that you know I think football as, as a sport is an institution. It's a lot more than just football. It's a camaraderie. You've said it before, Danny. It's the camaraderie, isn't it? As being like, I'm not friendship that's based on football. Like me and you, we played football together front line, but we we didn't start this podcast because we played football together front line. We started this podcast because we're two big mouth scousers living in the island of Ireland, and we both love Liverpool. Now, without that combination of the love for Liverpool, would we be as passionate about what we're doing now? Do you know? Exactly, yeah. And that's the thing, is that, as you said... If if it was all just about football, then yeah, I'd understand the argument. 
like I've said to Faith so many times that one of the things that I miss is playing football. Like one of the things I've missed about lockdown is playing football. Now it's not the going out and kicking a ball around because I could do that in my garden. I could go out in my front I could go out in the front of my house and get a ball and start kicking it around. It's the spending time with people. It's the having that relationship. It's the enjoyment of sort of releasing those endorphins, feeling good while also building up relationships with people around you. It's the fact that it unites people no matter what. I played football a few years ago, about three years ago. I played a football match in India and none of the, about two of the boys on the field spoke the same language as me. The rest of them, we couldn't speak a word of the same language together. But yet we were on the same team and at the end we won on penalties and we all dived on top of each other and we're all hugging and everything. Although I could not communicate with those boys at all, language-wise, but we communicated because we were playing the sport together. And it, it's it's so much more than just kicking a kicking a bag of air around the field. Yeah, well, it's a lovely game. It's just famous stories in the Second World War where all the... Um all like the, the English army and the, 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 the German army all stopped for a day and played football, didn't they? Yeah. On Christmas Day. There's that famous story and that famous song all together now. Um, as I say, it's more than just football, um, which is our point. So what I'm basically trying to say is thank you for your opinions, girls. You know, we, we love you dearly. Um, but yeah, it's a load of nonsense. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, um, and this is probably the, the only podcast that literally will listen to, so um, I wanted to get my point loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> now, was there any feedback on social media about it? Because obviously we put this out on our Facebook page and stuff, didn't we? So did anyone respond? Yeah, we had a couple of people um, come out to us, but one that come to me was um, from Laura Michelle White, her partner Andy. She said Andy is coping better than I thought he would. Though I regularly find him shouting at reruns of games, I think we can relate to this, and get the occasional soak about there's no sport. Not allowed to mention the league potentially um being cancelled though. So I mean another thing is that we keep forgetting to say is now that we're locked down Liverpool could potentially not win this league. There's a still it's not I don't think it's gonna come up, but there's a slight chance that Liverpool might not actually win this league because like the French league's been cancelled. Is it the Dutch league that's been cancelled? Um, uh, just a quick question: How scared are you of the prospect of that, Danny? That could be really bad, couldn't it? Like that's to say, at least. It's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible thinking that it might happen. And I was chatting to uh, a mate of mine, Johnny, who lives down near Dublin, and he was texting me about it. And I was saying to him, "That's the problem: is that every passing day." it just becomes that little bit more and more closer to the fact that it may end up getting cancelled because it doesn't look like there's that the yeah. lockdown is sort of easing off in any way. It, at the same time, you've got to cling to that hope that we don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. So there's a there's still a chance, there's still hope. Uh, and just like the second leg of Liverpool-Barcelona, you cling on to that hope and, and hope that a miracle happens. Um, so that's what that's that's what sort of where I am at the minute. But yeah, it's nerve wracking to know that if it does get cancelled, or even if they cancel it and just give Liverpool the trophy, it's just it's not going to be the same. And the abuse that the fans will take from other clubs saying, "Oh, but you didn't win it, though, did you? You, you just got given yeah. the league and it just, properly." Yeah, yeah. It's just a it's just a bit of a nightmare situation, really. It is, but as I say. I think um, that'll be one of our discussions in the next couple of weeks and on one of our next shows is like hopefully we'll know by then what's happening and we can discuss what, you know, what's potentially happening. Um, but whilst we're on that subject, if you don't mind me saying, Danny, um, on on our next um, next episode of the podcast, such we'll be having a local referee um, 
which will be very, very interesting. Kind of copying off the likes of the Peter Pout- Peter Crouch podcast here. But we've got a local uh, a local referee in Ireland, Northern Ireland, um, and he's ref. He's been linesman and ref some really big games in uh, the you know the professional football league over here. So D three will be on in our next podcast, which will be really, really interesting to get you know a ref a referee's point of mm. view. Um, and I'm re- really excited to that. You know that'll be very interesting. It will be, won't it? It'll be interesting to see what happens because I've obviously played a lot of amateur league over in Northern Ireland, and it's played with a lot of passion and it's played with a lot of seriousness, aggression. Northern <laughs> Ireland. It's the only place I've I've been that I've been at a, an amateur league club where everyone turns up, pays the dues, same as everyone else. But I've been at a, a club that has sacked the manager, even though it's a voluntary position and nobody gets paid. That's the level that we're talking about here over in this country of how passionate they are about amateur league football. So it'll be interesting to get his opinion on on the game, on managers and on football culture over here. Yeah, 100%. So I'll look forward to that. But as I say, hopefully um, it'll be us giving the abuse next next episode and not, not taking it like we did this one. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. I've known referees to be able to give quite a lot of abuse in the past, so who knows? We'll see. <laughs> who knows? 100%. Well, yeah. Um, been an interesting, interesting part. As usual, guys, if you want to write in any suggestions about potential guests or any discussions, please write to us at ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road at gmail.com. That's one word. Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road at gmail.com. But yeah, I think that's us today, Danny, isn't it? It's been it's been actually a great great episode. I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. It's something different, isn't it? And it's been interesting to be able to discuss. And we'll be coming back next week with our top fives again. Uh, and also our interview with our amateur league referee. But until then, thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish, Irish Anfield Road. Road. See you next week. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.